I wonder if God has ever turned up unexpectedly in your life. I wonder if you've had one of those wow moments where you've gone, was that God? That was a bit weird. Maybe that was God turning up. I wonder if he caught your attention in an unexpected way. But maybe on the other hand, maybe you've been in a situation where you were expecting God to turn up. You're expecting God to do something special. You're expecting God to work in a particular way and perhaps he didn't. And that led you to doubt and wonder if God is really out there. A good friend shared with me just this week an interesting story. She was shopping in this particular shop that was about to close down, so it had a 50% off sale. So she admitted to me that she was spending a little bit longer shopping than she usually does because there were so many bargains and it was this amazing shop and the shopkeeper was helping her decide what she'd buy or how many. She said it was only me and the shopkeeper, nobody else was there. Anyway, she'd purchased her goods and somehow the conversation turned around to God and the shopkeeper said to her, I don't believe in God. I don't think God exists. And my friend Sue said, oh, but, but I believe God is real. I know God is real. And, and how could you survive life in those tough times if there is no God? And Sue took her purchases and left the shop. But as she was wandering out, she said, I felt really, really bad. I felt that I'd answered so poorly. I felt like I'd given this negative view of God, that God's only there when life goes bad. You only need God when life messes up and the rest of the time you're okay without him. So she said, I put my my bags in the car and I actually went back to the shop. She said, I wandered back into the shop and the shop lady said to me, oh oh my goodness, I am so glad that you've come back. And Sue said, why? She said, the moment you walked out of my shop, all the power went out completely. And she said, now you've just walked back in my shop and the power's all gone back on. She goes, that's weird. And Sue said, well, look, actually, I came back because I felt like I didn't give you a fair (coughs) description of God. God's not just a God that turns up in tough situations. I actually believe God is there all the time. And I believe God is real. And I just wanted to come back and tell you that. And the shopkeeper said to her, well, actually, I'm in a pretty horrible spot. My sister just died this week. Anyway, they sort of finished the conversation and Sue went off. The next day, Sue couldn't help but think about this shopkeeper. So she went to the local nursery and brought a little plant and just wrote a little note that she was going to drop off at the shop. She didn't know if the lady would be there or not. And she just wrote on her note, I know you don't really believe in God, but God believes in you and I'm really sorry to hear about your sister. Anyway, she came back to the shop to give this little gift to the shopkeeper and the lady was there. Anyway, they had a bit of a conversation and she heard a bit more about her sister and she was thankful for the plant. And the lady in the shop said, but I still don't get the lights going on and off. Was that God? Sometimes God works in unexpected ways in really weird ways. Was it God? I don't know. Was the power, did the power just go off? Maybe. Sometimes we can't explain how God works or why God works in the ways he does, but he does work in unexpected ways, sometimes just to grab our attention. 
And I think the Christmas story is one of those amazing stories where you go, God, that is really weird. I don't quite get this baby thing. It is weird. It is unexpected. God works in unexpected ways. But in other ways, he is so true to his character and he works as we would expect. Now, in the Bible... Names are really, really important. You weren't just given a name because it sounded nice. You were given a name because of the meaning it had. The meaning was very, very significant. And I don't know if any of you have studied the meaning of your names. Some are fantastic and some are terrible. Are there any Bromwins out there? There's a few Bromwins in our church, but is anyone else there today? Can't see any of the other Bromwins. Bromwins are terrible meaning. Wouldn't bother with it at all. I don't think mum looked it up before she named me Bronwyn. I think she just liked the sound of it. But names are really significant because it told you who a person was. And even in biblical stories, often God changed people's names because sometimes you'd be called one name and then your circumstances would change or God would do something so significant in their lives that he would change their names and give them a new name because the meaning was so important. Well, there was amazing prophecy written about Jesus about 500 years before he even came to earth. And they were names that were given to Jesus to describe his character, who he was or who he was going to be, what he was going to be like. And we're going to have a look at some of those names this morning. But to look at those names, we're going to play a bit of a Christmassy game because we've got to get into the swing of Christmas a little bit. So I thought we might play the good old game, which isn't usually played at Christmas. It's played at birthday parties. So let's consider Christmas is Jesus' birthday and we're going to play Pass the Parcel. So let me just make the rules really clear because we don't want any tears. And I have to say, not everybody is going to unwrap a layer of the parcel, but it's okay. And not everybody will get a lolly. Oh, actually, you might at the end. And not everybody's going to get the present in the middle. Is that okay? Can we cope with that? All right. So what's going to happen is the music's going to start. We're going to pass the parcel around. And when the music stops, you have to unwrap a layer and there'll be a little yellow card. And on that card is a name that was given to Jesus. And you need to call out that name so that we can hear what it is. If you want to get into the Christmas spirit and you want to sing along, you're most welcome to sing along. So here we go. Let's start off the past the parcel. Ethan, you can start us off. Let's go. That's it. Haul out the holly, put up the tree before my spirit falls again. And back to the other side. We're going to share. I may be rushing things, but deck the halls again now. Oh, Sophie, you nearly got it, but Jasmine, it's yours. So undo the ribbon, take a layer off. It's a modern packaging. We've done bags rather than wrapping paper because that's a little bit tricky. What was the name? Wonderful Counselor. So you can take that layer off and hang on to it until we keep moving. One name that was given to Jesus was Wonderful Counselor. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever been to see a counselor. Well, there's good counsellors and there's okay counsellors and there's fabulous counsellors. When Jesus was given the name of being a wonderful counsellor, that meant he was going to be a fantastic counsellor, someone who listened, someone who understood, someone who could give wisdom, supernatural wisdom, beyond our human ability. 
Jesus was going to be a wonderful counsellor. Now, I know in a few situations, when I was working as a chaplain, it was compulsory that we had to, once a term, go and see a supervisor to sort of unpack some of the things that we'd been perhaps hearing from students and what was going on so that we weren't carrying too much of a load. And I must admit, I'd often talk about school stuff, but then it often got into my stuff, my life, and some things that I was dealing with. And a few times when I would be talking to a counsellor and they would just suddenly get it and be able to unpack something that maybe I'd been wrestling with that I couldn't figure out, that I didn't understand why I do this and why do I keep doing that and what's going on behind the scenes. And this counsellor would say something and I'd go, that's it. How did you know that? How did you figure me out? How did you make sense of some real confusion in my life? And in a sense, Isaiah the prophet said that Jesus was going to be like a wonderful counsellor who was going to be help, help us in our life journey, who was going to help us figure out things when they got messy or complicated and we couldn't understand it. He was going to love us and guide us and listen to us and counsel us and help us as we had to make decisions. When we need wise counsel, Jesus is a wonderful counsellor. And I brought in my journal because this journal of mine is full of wonderful counsel that Jesus gives me when I sit down and spend time praying and reading the Bible and trying to figure things out. There's a whole lot of aha moments that I go, wow, God, you've just shown me something of myself that I could never have figured out on my own. In many ways, Jesus continues to show me that he is a wonderful counsellor in ways that I often was not expecting. I remember this time last year, actually, when I lost my job as a chaplain. It was a really complicated situation with the principal and I'd been working there for seven years and suddenly I no longer had a job at the school. And I remember shaking my fist at God and going, God, what are you doing? I'm a chaplain. Of all people, chaplains shouldn't get a sack, shouldn't be sacked. It shouldn't happen like this. God, what are you doing? Not making sense of a situation that was so complicated and messy and I would never have left. I loved the job. I loved what I did. But I couldn't figure out what was God doing in this situation. Now I look back on that and say, thank you, God. That was actually a blessing to me. There were too many balls in the air. I was juggling too many things, too many jobs, wasn't coping well with all those balls in the air. And now I look back and see that in a sense, it was a gift to me from God saying, hey, Bron, you can drop a few of those balls. I don't need you there anymore. You can leave that behind. And it actually has been a gift of time and a whole lot of other things. And God God was the one who counselled me and showed me that. For me shaking my fist at God, going, God, what are you doing? To God saying, okay, this is part of my plan. It's a bit weird. It's a bit unexpected. But it's okay. Jesus showed me that he was a wonderful counsellor. Okay, where's the parcel? Let's go, Jasmine. Let's send it off again.
one horse over sleigh. Oh. <gasps> Mel. We're getting closer. Getting closer to the present in the middle. Okay. Another name Isaiah gave to Jesus or prophesied about who Jesus would be, that he would be a mighty God, that he would be powerful. You know, we only have to turn on our news and look at what's happening in our world and do we not go, we have need for a mighty God. When we look at the things that are happening in our world that are coming so much closer to Australia, I think we used to think about Australia being the safe country. We're away from all of that, but yet so much is coming closer to our shores. We have a need for a mighty, a powerful God, a rescuer to come and change things, change things that perhaps we can't change. And sometimes I wonder, I go, God, what are you going to do with this world? And I love the line from that little clip where it says, God looked down at the world and shook his head and wondered what his people were doing. This is not what he had planned. And I think God's heart breaks when he looks at our world and the things that people do, the things that people choose to do in treating others, how we don't treat others well. And I sometimes wonder, what's God going to do? How's he going to work? How is he going to turn up as a mighty God? And there's a verse, and Peter thanks Tim, that says this about, about God. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. So God's timeline is different to ours. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And although I don't completely understand how God's going to finish things up, or when God's going to say, enough is enough, I'm not going to let this keep happening, I know that it's almost in a sense is God is giving us time. God is giving our world time to come to him. He doesn't want anyone to finish their life without knowing him. He's giving us time that we may come back to him and seek him and find him. But not only do we need a mighty God in our world, but there's times that we need a mighty God, a rescuer in our own lives. And the, the, the story that comes to mind in my life was when I was 11. Now, when I was little, 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 I, w- I was a twin. I'm an identical twin. And from the very, very, very young age, I was diagnosed with celiac. So I was always the sick twin. I was the skinnier twin and the sick twin and the littler twin. And we were a bit of a um, medical query because how do identical twins one have celiac and one not and they did all sorts of tests on me I was poked and prodded and swallowed things and all sorts of things like that but I was actually diagnosed as a celiac until aged 11 and I hated it not so much that I hated not eating sweets and cakes and breads and all that sort of stuff which I did but the most embarrassing thing for me was I used to have to take with me my cake tin this is it still got it this was my cake tin that I would take to camp with my special cakes for morning tea lunch afternoon tea and dessert because I couldn't eat the cakes and things that everybody else had at camp or when I went to birthday parties I couldn't eat the birthday cake and the sausage rolls and things like that so I would take my tin of goodies to the birthday party now In those days, you couldn't buy fabulous gluten-free foods like you can today that look great and taste great. 
my mum had to make them and they crumbled and they fell apart and they, they were okay, but I hated it. I hated being the odd little kid that turned up to the party with a present under one arm and a tin of goodies to the party. I was embarrassed. I hated standing out. And I went to a church when I was little who used to ask people to come out every week for prayer if they wanted God to do something in their lives. A bit like we say, come and have prayer. And I used to go out every week, every single week. I used to go out the front and ask God to heal me of celiac because I could not imagine growing up and being an adult and not being able to go to a restaurant and eat normal food. I went, God, I'm not taking my cake tin when I'm growing up to a restaurant. (laughs) That was my thinking. I went, I don't want to do that. So I would go out every week and ask God to heal me of celiac. One sermon I heard when I was 11, so young kids, keep listening to talks in church because God does talk to you. The minister said, maybe you're healed. Maybe God's answered your prayer and you don't know about it. Maybe you've been healed. Ask God to show you if you've been healed. So I went home and I said, okay, God, maybe I've been healed. Can you show me? Well, lo and behold, unexpectedly, off I go for my yearly checkup with the celiac specialist. Just happened to be that week. I didn't tell mum about the sermon I'd heard or what had been going on. And off I go to the specialist who says, actually, I want to do a new test on you. I want to retest you and I want you to go on a trial diet and start eating food that you can't usually eat. And I went, oh, no, I'm going to be so sick because I stole biscuits and things for years and years and years and vomited and was so sick. I just couldn't do it. So I knew that if I ate something, it wasn't mum just being mean and I couldn't eat it. I was really, really sick. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I was healed of celiac. And now I love cakes and pastries and I'm catching up on 11 years of not eating them. I still love them. But at 11 years old, God showed me that he was a mighty God. He could do an amazing thing that no one else could do but God. And even the doctors said, we don't quite know what's happened here. She didn't have the celiac that you grow out of. We can't explain it. I wasn't brave enough at 11 to say, I've been praying to Jesus for years and years about this. He healed me. Um, The doctors weren't expecting it. And that was the first time I experienced a mighty God in my own life. Okay, where's the parcel? Mel, let's go. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Prospero Año y Felicidad. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad. Ah, go Rob, your turn. Eternal Father. Eternal Father, okay. Jesus is described as an eternal father, a forever dad, a dad that's always there. Now, for me, that was really significant. Two weeks ago, uh, I went to my stepfather's funeral. And when I heard that he had died, I hadn't seen my stepfather for about 25 years. Um, He'd been a part of my life for 10 years. When I heard that he died, I actually stopped for a moment and went, what's a good memory I have of him? And I hate to say, I couldn't think of a good memory. And then I thought about my own dad, 
who I buried probably another 20, oh, 28 years ago. And I thought about him and I thought about the dad that I never really had. And not that he was a bad person, but he just didn't know how to be a dad. I don't remember eating a weeknight meal with him. I don't remember him being at any of my birthday parties. And I had a birthday party every year. I don't remember him being there. I don't remember much about him. But yet God did some amazing things in me not having a great earthly dad Jesus showed me that he was my heavenly father, that he was always there. He was always reliable. And I never expected that God would use some of the heartache of a kid not having a dad to show me how powerful and how amazing it was to have a heavenly father that was always there. And I went rummaging around to try and think, what do I have of my dad? And all I could find was his walking stick, which is a bit of a funny thing to keep from your dad. But um, there wasn't a big choice. But at home, this is what I have is his walking stick. And as I thought about it, I thought, you know what? His walking stick comes out every Christmas for the nativity play. (laughs) It's a handy prop for a shepherd. And it reminds me that even though this is my earthly dad's, Jesus is my heavenly father, a bit like a, a shepherd who looks after his sheep. So the one thing I have of my dad reminds me of my heavenly father who is a forever dad always reliable always there always caring always looking after me Jesus was promised to be a forever dad an everlasting father always there to care protect and look out for us okay Rob let's keep it going did it oh good okay another layer prince of peace okay Jesus is described as being a prince of peace a bringer of peace a ruler of peace somebody who will make a change and a difference in the world and again is our world not a a place that needs some of God's peace I remember uh, when I just started teaching going for a medical checkup where a doctor said to me you've got a hole in your heart you need to do something about this and I went what 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 do you mean I've got a hole in my heart my heart's fine no 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 funny sound I can hear it off to a specialist off I went to a cardiologist who said yes you definitely have a hole in your heart this is not good we should close it I went what yep we should close it not good to have a hole in your heart there's extra strain on your heart there's too much blood going through da 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 Uh, I think we need to do open heart surgery on your heart. And I went, what? I'm healthy. I just went for this medical checkup so I could teach. And now you're telling me I'm a candidate for open heart surgery. They said, yes, you need to have open heart surgery. Well, I freaked out. I burst into tears. My life was falling apart. I was about to die. I was the most terrified I have ever been in my whole life. I had no symptoms. I had no side effects. But they went, yep, on all these tests, there's a hole in your heart that needs to be closed. I remember being in hospital and having a test where they pump all the dye through you and you, they figure out where the hole is, the size, all of that before I had surgery. 
And I remember just praying to God and going, God, I can't do this. This is really, really freaky. And at that moment, God just covered me with this incredible peace. Now, this was not positive thinking. This was not taking a deep breath to calm down. This was a peace that surpasses all understanding. I couldn't put it in words. I've never experienced it quite like that before. But it was this peace of God that just came over me that gave me this assurance that it was going to be okay. Whatever happened, surgery, not surgery, whatever, that my life was in God's hands and I didn't need to be freaking out like I was. It was this incredible calmness and peace that came over me. There's a verse, Tim, if that can flick that one up yeah maybe not nope there's not it disappeared okay there's a verse in philippians that talks about god's peace that transcends all understanding that is jesus being the prince of peace and there are times in our lives where we need god's peace where we might just need to know that god can step into our lives and give us a peace maybe the circumstances won't change maybe the situation won't change but we can be covered in god's peace in the turmoil and in the difficultness of that time. And I carry a little card round in my wallet saying that I have had this thing that's plugged up my heart. I wasn't miraculously healed. I didn't have open heart surgery. But 10 years later, I was healed with God's help and medical science help where they plugged up the hole in my heart without having open heart surgery. But for 10 years, I had to keep going back to God and saying, God, would you carry me in this? I'm still battling. I don't want open heart surgery, but I've been healed in a different way. Now, this card doesn't remind me that I had a hole in my heart. This card reminds me that I'm covered by the peace of God. The Prince of Peace holds my life in all situations. Okay, present, let's go again. should be one more tag Emmanuel Emmanuel is my favorite name given to Jesus in the Christmas story because Emmanuel means God with us thanks Tim is there another verse for that one or has that disappeared too oh that's disappeared too okay Emmanuel means God with us and the prophet said here we go no 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 wrong one Isaiah the prophet thanks anyway back one says that a child will be born and his name will be Emmanuel, God with us, God with you. And I love that idea. I recently did uh, the Otway Walk with a few friends um, over the cup weekend. And there was four of us who were hiking together. And it was a great time. But one of the amazing things about doing a hike like this is the people you meet on the track. Well, we met a man on the track who was doing the whole eight days on his own. And as we met with him at a few different nights and a few different places, we realised that he wasn't carrying a very big pack. He said, I can't carry 20 kilos. I'm not well enough to do that. I have to carry a lighter pack. Therefore, he didn't carry a stove. He didn't have any hot food or hot drinks. He was living on dry biscuits and tuna. 
He said, the only way I can do a walk like this is to go really light. Well, we felt really bad for this guy. So, you know, every now and again, we'd boil him a cup of tea and give him a cup of tea, of which he was really thankful for. But it made us start talking about walking alone. And we asked each other, would you do this trek all by yourself? And we decided that we could probably do it by ourselves as long as we met up with somebody else that night. We didn't really want to be camping out in the middle of nowhere all by ourselves, but could do walk all day happily in our own company, but wanting to just connect with someone, perhaps each of the stops of each night. And it reminded me that, you know what, God is always with us. And sometimes we can be surrounded by lots and lots of people, but yet we can feel very alone. Or sometimes we can find ourselves in situations where nobody quite gets us. Nobody quite understands us and we can feel extremely alone in those situations. But yet, Emmanuel, Jesus is described as being the very presence of God who is always with us, whatever situation we might find ourselves in. God is always with us. And I often wear a cross necklace, not because I need it to prove that God's with me, but it does remind me that God's presence is with me wherever I go, Whatever I do, he is always near. Okay, last one. I think we're up to the middle prize, the middle present. One more, Tim. This will be the lucky person. Back to the other side. This is it. What is it? What's the present? What's the gift? What is it? A baby? How weird is that? You know what? The very first Christmas was really weird. God came down in human flesh in the form of a baby. It was weird. And people who knew this prophecy, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. People knew this prophecy, but when a baby turned up, they may not have said we weren't expecting that, but they weren't. They went, how is a baby going to be a wonderful counsellor? How is a baby going to be a mighty God? How is a baby going to be an everlasting father or a prince of peace? What? A baby? But yet Jesus grew up to be this, to fulfill these names, to be all these character traits. He was that on the very first Christmas and he continues to be that in many, many, many Christmases afterwards. And I wonder if this Christmas, as we start to do the Christmas season, do you go, oh yeah, here we go again. I know the Christmas story. We'll put up the tree, we'll go through the routines, we'll we'll, we'll do all of that. But I'm wondering if this Christmas, maybe there'll be an opportunity for God to turn up unexpectedly in ways that you never expected. Maybe it might be something weird like the lights turning on and off to grab your attention.
Maybe this Christmas you need a wonderful counsellor. Maybe this Christmas you need to see a mighty God. You need the power of God in your life. Maybe you need a forever dad. Someone to be there who perhaps hasn't been there before. Maybe you need some peace in your life. Now, on each side of these rows is a, a white cup with jelly babies. At the end of the row there, the end of the row there, if you can pick up that cup, and I want you to pass the cup along and everyone can take a jelly baby because I said you'd all get a lolly. Didn't want you to miss out. Don't eat it yet. Just hang on to your jelly baby and don't fight over the red ones. I know the red ones are the best. So grab a jelly baby, pass it along. And as you do that, I want you just to think for a moment. We're going to take a time of reflection. Don't eat it yet. Hang on to it. Cindy and the band are going to play some music for us, some reflection music. And what I want you to do when I say go, not yet, when I say go, hang on to your jelly baby. I don't want you to swallow it whole. I don't want you to munch it. I want you just to suck on that jelly baby. Because I don't know about you, but I find it hard to sometimes stop. I don't know how many of you are sitting here thinking, will I have a sausage or will I have a veggie burger? Will I have barbecue sauce or tomato sauce? And then I've got to, after church, I've got to run off, da-da-da-da-da. I don't know how many of your brains are already starting to think about what after church. I want you to still for just a moment. And as you suck on this jelly baby, I want you just to maybe pray. Maybe you've never prayed to God before. Maybe you might want to say to God, I don't even know if you're out there. But if you are, can you turn up this Christmas for me? I'd love to see something of you. Or maybe you go, God, can you just be, I need peace. My life's in turmoil now and I I don't have that peace. And actually, I'm not quite sure the way through this. God, maybe you're a bit like me. You had a, a lousy dad. I need a father's love. I need a forever father's love in my life. I'm feeling a bit battered and wounded and I I want to know the Father's love in my life that can, that can change me. Maybe you just want to go, God, are you there? Emmanuel, I want to know you're with me, God. So how about you suck on that jelly baby now? Just sit in a quiet moment. If you want to just sit in that space and have your jelly baby, that's fine. I don't want to force anyone to do anything. But as Cindy and the band play, how about you just take a moment to say, God, I need you to be this for me this Christmas. And then I'll come up and pray.